What a great season series finale to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's crazy. New Japan's finished. It, it was the perfect ending. It's done. They they, they completed it. Naito finished the story. New Japan said we're, not, we're we're done now. That was it. They're closing the doors forever. That's it. Like there, there hasn't been any New Japan news since Wrestle Kingdom. Nothing's happened, and you know it, it was the end. It's like when a, when a great TV series comes to an end. You know New Japan wasn't a soap after all. It's a TV series, and it's finished. The perfect ending. Will it be absorbed by the WWE? Uh, it will not be absorbed by anyone. It's done. It's finished. That's it. it We're done. This is the last find maybe, episode. Find a, find a streaming service on Netflix maybe and get a new lease of life. Um, this, is the, this is it. No more Bread Club. No more New it. Japan. You see, what, 1972, 50, 51 in a, a little over 51 years of uh, a crazy long episode, episodic TV show. But, you know, we got to the end of it. Series finale. series finale, Tetsuya Naito. Here's my problem with this. Unlike other series, I can't go back and watch the the older stuff. There's no way for me to do it. What, what, what? Oh, okay, yeah, literally, like it's not not possible. Yeah, I, was I like, can't watch anything. Like, I thought you meant you physically can't. Like it's too dated or too old or something. No, like it's physically not possible. Yes. <laughs> no, my my eyes are working good, Kieran. My eyes are working good. But no, Wrestle Kingdom in the books, New Year's Dash, big things popping. Battle in the Valley is imminent. Uh, there's a, it's, it's been a fun fucking few days to be a New Japan fan. Uh, and yeah, we we got to go through it all. We, we'll, we, we'll dive deep on some stuff. We'll cherry pick some stuff because there is a lot to talk about. And some of it's a lot more exciting than other stuff. But goddamn, what a, a huge couple of days for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, it's about time we suffered through the uh, the long winter for uh, to get to Wrestle Kingdom, <laughs> and it's been a while since the Bread Club has been around. So, Kieran, I, I gotta ask, how were the holidays? How is the New Year treating you? Uh, it was all very uh, blasé, very normal, very average, nothing special. Um, no, you didn't. You didn't get to spend New Year's Eve with some New Japan superstar or rub elbows with the finest of the women from Stardom. No, you I'd, kept it low key for us, baller. I'd love to tell you that I took a last minute trip to New to, to Tokyo for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but that was not the case this year. Uh, I did not fly off on twelve hours notice on New Year's Eve to Japan. Um, I, I, it's going to sound so uh humble it's not even a it's gonna sound humble brag it's just gonna sound braggy but it's very weird to watch wrestle kingdom at home for me (laughs) 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 and i appreciate the 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 hate i will get for that and the abuse i will get for that but it's a weird experience first of all i don't think there's any abuse or hate that should be thrown uh your way it wasn't like it wasn't like you got a free flight like you had to pay to go to japan and you had to pay to be there for as long as you were like this wasn't just dropped in your lap so people if you're gonna be mad at kieran be mad look in the mirror and say it's january 8th 2024 i need to start saving now so i can go to wrestle kingdom 19 next year you have nobody to blame but yourself kieran this is your this is your platform. Get on to scream from the mountaintops. Only the poor watch Wrestle Kingdom from their <laughs> living rooms. Oh man, it was just such a bizarre experience waking up, being tired, and everything. Because like I think my first Wrestle Kingdom was maybe Wrestle Kingdom 9. Definitely Wrestle Kingdom 10. I'm sure it was Wrestle Kingdom 9. So then I get nine where I'm like kind of a casual fan. Wrestle Kingdom 10, I'm getting more into it. Wrestle Kingdom 11, it's the best thing in the world. I'm fully on the news pan pill. And then 12, 13, 14, I'm in Japan. 
Pandemic hits. I can't do 15, 16. Uh, Pandemic kind of lifts fucking Omega Osprey. Let's go. 12 hours notice. I'm in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 17 and then Wrestle Kingdom 18. I'm at home. I'm probably got like a 50, 50 to in, in, in recent years. Wow. You it, went, you were 50, 50 to go to 18, huh? No, no. As in, I've probably done half of the Wrestle Kingdoms I've seen in person and half of uh, them I've done from home. I wonder I need to do the proper math. Okay. Well, look, it's just like anything. It's, it's great to watch a sporting event on TV. But when you get oh. there, the atmosphere, the the aura of the crowd, it's always better to go in person. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're gonna we'll, we'll dive into Wrestle Kingdom, but I think as a whole, Wrestle Kingdom eighteen certainly was better than Wrestle Kingdom seventeen. And obviously, I was there for Wrestle Kingdom seventeen in person. I think the difference is Wrestle Kingdom eighteen as an entire show miles better than Wrestle Kingdom seventeen. Every match delivered, every match was unique, every match stood out. The stories going into it, always coming out of it, just top to bottom, uh, world class. But Wrestle Kingdom 18 for me didn't have that one immortal match, whereas Wrestle Kingdom 17 had Omega versus Osprey, which people are going to be speaking about for a long, long time to come, many years to come. I don't think Wrestle Kingdom 7 18 had that one match. And granted, Okada Danielson was fucking amazing, incredible, but it wasn't Omega Osprey, it wasn't this, this like just awe inspiring wrestling defying thing that just like kind of transcended pro wrestling and transcended new japan it just became such a worldwide thing uh okada and osprey was uh, okada and danielson was just very much a, a tremendous wrestling match and osprey and omega went a step beyond that i agree so leading up to wrestle kingdom 18 me and you were kind of both like we're sure it'll be a good show but on paper mm-hmm it was lacking the excitement i can only speak for myself so i, I was going to take off on thursday so I could watch Wrestle Kingdom live. And then I just was not, I was not feeling it. So I said, January, Ah. right after January, right after the holidays, it's typically slow time in the restaurant industry. So I need to make as much money as I can here, especially Mm -hmm. after the holidays. But then we got to Tuesday, Kieran. And then I started seeing the press conferences. (laughs) I started seeing all the FOMO, baby. And I, it wasn't FOMO. It was, there's such a, there's, World Tag League goes on for so long. It kind of does suck the soul out of you. You lose sight of of the goal, which is Wrestle Kingdom 18. And to your point that there wasn't this Osprey Omega type match, but there were still great quality matches. It just felt like it was missing that spark. But then I get to Tuesday, I'm at work. It's quiet because it's the first day after the new year and I'm on social media and I'm looking at all the press conference and I'm like, fuck fuck why did i do this to myself i can proudly say i did avoid spoilers until i got home from work thursday night uh and i did get to watch russell kingdom in its entirety thursday night uh that's an that's that's an accomplishment avoiding spoilers for that long yes it was it was rough especially with everything that's happening with the wizards this week we had the ortiz interview so that was yes, literally plastered Jesus. all over At wizards podcast go check it out a huge interview with ortiz from aw big scoops it was the talk of the wrestling world like for the entire day if not longer man that well, was the, was... that was the headline of the day yeah it was and you know it's it was awesome but i was like i have to promote us and I have to promote this interview, but I also can't see fucking Wrestle Kingdom spoilers. So I had to like midnight on Wednesday. I was just on just doing stuff. And then I was like, I'm out Thursday. I'm out. I'll bring a book to work. I'll read my book. I won't touch my phone. Um, yeah, but man, I, uh, I don't, 
hindsight, I don't regret. I think I would have been annoyed if I stayed up to like seven o'clock in the morning. No, I I agree with. I would much rather do what you do than staying struggling to stay awake. You're not going to enjoy it half as much. If you can wake up, if you can know you can watch it spoiler free the next day, I would always do that rather than staying up. You can, if if there's shit taking a long time, you can skip through it. If there's an entrance that you're not bothered about, you can skip through it and suddenly this, because Wrestle Kingdom all in all was probably five and a half, six hours pre-show to post-match comments. Like, you know, if you, you, you can trim that down to a tidy probably five hours with, if you cut out the bullshit. Oh, yeah, and it's suddenly a lot more enjoyable and digestible. Although, yeah. to be fair, the entrances of Wrestle Kingdom 18 were some of the best parts. Yes, but there's there were some, like, you know, here's New Year, not a new me. Fuck the hell of torture, buddy. <laughs> fuck them, fuck them to fucking death, those let's fucking Let's dive into it. It kicks off on the pre-show with the Rambo. Uh, Rambo and the last four men go to the KOPW title match uh, the next day at New Year's Dash. Final four men being Great Okanyo, Taiji Shimori, and Toriyano. Uh, look, I thought this was probably the best Rambo they've had in many years. Cool surprises. Fucking Fushita Jr. Hayato got a big pop out of me. The dude has announced recently that his cancer has come back again after beating it once before. Uh, and New Japan giving him this moment in the Tokyo Dome before he has to, you know, stop wrestling again so that he can go and take the treatment he needs. Um, hopefully he pulls for it again because he's kicked cancer's ass once. And then gets Keshi uh, Izuka returns. Uh, the former Suzuki Goon madman. And he was fucking... A delight. I the, the 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 camera zooming in on the commentator's face, the fear because Izuka has returned, and then Izuka, of course, going and fucking stripping the poor commentator like he always would. Um, <laughs> a, a tiny, tiny little scoop here. I, I I don't know if he still is, but I know Izuka was like the head trainer at the uh, No Gay Dojo. Um, I don't know if he still is. Uh, I had a wrestler one upon once upon a time. I was like, guess who's the trainer at No Gay Dojo? And I was like, Nagata. Like listing kind of all the older generation and, and Izuka never crossed my mind, but that's why he looks fucking shredded. Dude right? looked athletic as fuck. Like he looked leaner than he did in his actual wrestling career. Yeah, he did. He was shredded. I, uh, props I, I that Look, I, I'm not the Ram. I can't. It doesn't. The Rando does nothing to me. I, I think it, it's, it's entirely skippable, but it was one of the better Rambos. Like, Yo was very entertaining with his whole tracksuit uh, PE student gimmick. Uh, the, the surprise of Izuka and Fushita Shonen Hayato. It, it was one of the better Rambos we've had. But yeah, it's it's not really anything relevant. But then the show kicks off in fucking Holy incredible shit. fashion, man. Holy shit. So wow. Part of the excitement for me, right, is watching the press conference. And there's no TJP, mm-hmm. right? It's just Akira. And and the war dogs are fucking hounding him, and he's not going to show up. And just to open fucking Wrestle Kingdom, and it's tradition for them to do it with the junior tag team titles. But man, the, the coffin on the fucking stage, and then Akira is all painted up, and he opens it, and here comes Akira as the fucking Agawa or whatever the fuck. <laughs> TJP is the ass one. Holy oh. shit, dude! I think as well, like TJP and his backstage comments have been going on for a while. Like he needs a change, he needs a rebirth, or something like this, and then. He gets put in the coffin and then I noticed like one day his Twitter was dark and it was like he had this weird name that was clearly missing words on Twitter. And then eventually bit by bit, he added more information and then it said Aswang and then people were like, oh, this is from Filipino folklore and everything like that. Uh, so he done a great job of just very quietly and secretly teasing it on Twitter. And then the fucking the reveal, like 
this type of shit can go so badly in pro wrestling. These supernatural gimmicks, these back from the dead gimmicks, the you know, it can be so there's such a fine line between it being cool and creepy and it just being like just lame. Right. Yep. Fucking Akira knocked uh TJP knocked out a part. The mask looked amazing. The mist looking like blood, the red contact in his eyes, yeah. and he changed up his style a bit as well. Like the, the really fucking cool when he takes the pinfall instead of kicking out, he grabbed the referee's hand to stop him from yep. kicking. From, that was that's so fucking small, but so fucking smart. And I did so much. I cannot sing TJP's praises high enough for this ass one stuff. No, I'm with you, man. The whole him coming out of the coffin, you don't see his face. He's got the, the Raiden oh, mask over yeah. it. Fucking you know, the, the reveal. It was it was just beautifully done, and then yeah, to your point, man, it was. If you, there were, sorry, Nelly, um, there were moments where you kind of, he was wrestling such a different style. You forget even with the tattoos visible that that is TJP on your yeah. mask, and I think, I don't think we as wrestling fans realize how difficult that is to completely separate yourself from what you essentially built your whole career on and to step in the ring kind of wrestle a different style to the point. And I, I can't speak for the, the masses, but for me, it was almost like Akira was with a new tag partner and it was cool. Yeah. And it, like I everything, could... everything from like the math, the way he wore his hair was different. Just fucking kudos, man. Props. And look, no, no disrespect to the war dogs with the fucking fresh new IWGP oh, junior belts yes. and the all white. And we'll, you know, New Year's Dash will get into this, the symbolism of the all white, <laughs> but fuck, dude, this was this was a great opener. But before was, the bell even started, I was hyped. Yes, exactly, exactly. That is, it gave it a big fight feel. Uh, Warlock revealing the jun- the new Junior White strap titles at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, the press conference, and then coming out looking a million fucking bucks, all dressed in white. Uh, special shout out to Drill Maloney as well for the the armband he had in remembrance of Curtis Chapman, a British wrestler who unfortunately died at the back end of last year, which is a uh, really heartbreaking. I, he was always a delight on every show, man. He never came out and he was like, oh, here's Curtis Chapman. He always came out and it's like, here's that little fucking prick. Like, he's going to wind someone up. He's like, he was so fucking entertaining, Curtis Chapman. So, well, uh, kudos to Jill Maloney for representing his friend there. Um, and then, can yeah, I, of course. Can, can I cut oh, you oh, off oh, for oh. just one second here? So, oh, oh. I did not watch live, as I have talked about earlier. So, I did have to. I have, I have a Google Cast, a Google Chromecast. I have the remote. I have the app. Come on, Nelly on the tv i open the app i'm very excited english i press english it's in fucking japanese so it's all during during the so i'm like what the fuck so i stop it on my tv i open my little laptop here type 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 get in english it's english so i'm like am i like there must be something wrong with me. Like I can't figure this out. Well, when you hit the English button and it goes to the video, you have to go into the settings and change the audio from right. Japanese yeah. to English. But that took me a good 20 minutes to the point <laughs> where I was like, I'm not gonna fu-. I was getting aggravated. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking watch this now. I'm not fucking watching this. Like, and then I tried to cast it from my laptop to the TV and it wasn't working. There was, I have rage issues. And I almost raged. It's been a long time since I've raged. I almost raged, but then I finally figured it out. Well, I think uh, TJP deserves even more kudos than that. He, he simmered down your rage once you got working and got you immediately excited for the show. Oh, um, yeah. 
But yeah, it, it was a quick fire match. It, 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 they kind of got in and out. Um, I think for lots of these matches, because they were so short, the entrances were almost the highlights in some parts. Um, but yeah, T, uh, catch due to regaining their tag titles. Next match, President Tanahashi going into business for himself. Oh, Triple H? Fucking WCW all over again, man. The 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 inmates are running the asylum. Fucking next thing we know, Tanahashi's going to go backstage. He's going to fucking punch someone he's gonna bite someone he's gonna you know be sh talking shit about the uh Tsukabayashi in a press conference what's going on man this made me very angry <laughs> um first of all because he stole a victory um i liked it the back and forth uh, pinfalls secondly like i just people are like oh zach saber jr is going to be in the main event now like but uh, look I'm, I'm i'm sorry i don't see him as the world champion you know, I, I don't know if he fits into the global heavyweight championship, and I don't want to see him anywhere near the fucking never openweight championship. So this does this this does nothing. And then for what they announced at New Year's Dash, like, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to see it. I don't want any part of it. Take the title, fucking get Medusa to throw it in the garbage can. Tanahashi's hair sucks. His air guitar sucks. He's got decent abs. Fuck off, bro. You fucking shit. You Triple H wannabe. Fucker. I suppose, like, like, I wasn't happy with the result, but I suppose it's kind of like what more could Zack Saber Jr. do with a title at that point? Like, he could, he could put on more good matches, sure, but they could to give come... it to somebody that needs a little bit of rub, not this yeah, fucking that's asshole. What I, obviously, like, Tanahashi being the one to best him for it is a bit weird, uh, but look, I, I'm not in right, I'm not too bothered by it. Uh, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. has clearly got his eyes on Danielson again following the events of New Year's Dash, and they've teased that match happening in Japan, uh, which is very, very important. But uh, it will if be... If this fuck starts coming out to Motorhead's The Game, this Hiroshi Tanahashi, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with him. He's <laughs> fucking you... dead to me. He's on the cusp of being dead to me. Could you imagine? Um, and then in the... If he starts doing all his promos, I am going to defend uh, the New <laughs> Japan... Uh... Starts air guitaring in time to Motorhead. Um, the next match, Yota Suji losing to Yuya Uemura. Special singles match. Um, again, they done... This isn't a match, unfortunately. I think we're not going to remember long-term, aside from the fact that these guys had a singles match in Wrestle Ki at Tokyo Dome, and that will bode well. You know, when they have this match again in the main event, we'll look back at this one. But I on really its own, like this match. It, no, it was, fuck it, it was great, but I just don't think... There's not a lot there to think of long-term. It was a great wrestling match. And their styles are so greatly different and commentary do a great job. Like shout out Walker Stewart, his first oh, yeah. kingdom knocked out of the park. Um, his voice like, sounds like so familiar. Like I'm watching it and I'm it's like, so I American, feel man. like I've it's watched. So, it's such an American sports commentator voice. I'm like, I feel like I've watched a wrestling show that he's like, he sounds so <laughs> familiar to me. Um, but yeah, like you, I'm glad you got the win as well. But just the stylistic differences and the, the differences in the characters, how Yu is very quiet and he wants to be, he's the Ricky Steamboat. And, you know, Yota Suji is the very grandiose, over the top. He's stylish. He's flashy. Uh, they, they've got they've got magic between these two in the future, in the years to come. Yeah, I paid extra close attention to this match just because I'm a dork. And I know, like, I know, like, I know, like, Osprey is not going to be there and Moxley is not going to be there and and you know the omega return is not something we will see in the future and tanahashi's getting older and naito's getting older so it's like i paid a little extra special attention to this match because just 
wanted to make myself a little more familiar with these guys uh, on the ascent to the main event level. Matt's been Matt's been studying studying his I tapes. Have. You know, I <laughs> studied that dickhead Shota Umino riding a motorcycle with a fucking ring like an asshole. No, it was fucking great, oh, man. He's he had... such a fucking loser with it... his two jackets. Oh, you don't dude. see John Moxley driving dude. motorcycles to the I ring. So, like, when he came with that and the bicycle and the hair was ah, looking amazing. Bicycle. What he had asshole. the fucking motorcycle. Did I say bicycle? It the doesn't matter. He's still an asshole. Shota Umino's the... an asshole. The hair looks amazing and he's got the new oh, coat the and everything. Hair. And there was no sign. There was no sign of the Death Rider jacket. And I was so happy. I was like, this is this is it. Like he looks fucking fantastic. He looks cool as hell. He's not got the Death Rider jacket. And then I don't, he pulled out fucking thin air. And I was like, God damn it, Shoto. Like this, that that was the time to leave it behind, buddy. This well, they, 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 this... a story has to be told there eventually with that title, with that jacket, course, I think. Of course, this fucking dork has to ride a motorcycle to the ring. Fucking but then Shoto Umino. I hate him. I hate him as much as I hate the fucking house of torture. And who yeah. decided to give Ren Narita a dirty little mustache? He looks like such a fucking scumbag creep with it. He's doing the job well then. But yeah, this match was awful. Uh, of course it the, was awful. The finish very fucking sudden with the, oh, the, the, the push-up bar and the sucker motherfucker. Double cross, uh, getting a win, off. and yeah, we'll we'll move swiftly on from that. They one. got all, they got all the man. I'll tell you, they got all my anger out early. The ton, they give Tanahashi winning. Then I, then I'm excited. I'm up for the young lions, the the young superstars. Then I'm back down with the House of Torture, and then they're like, "Hey, just to annoy you, we're gonna give you Shingo and Tamatanga." And look, I will eat my hat. These guys fucking delivered, bro. I was about to say I, this match was fantastic. Right, but on paper, I was like, oh, yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Okay. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But these guys delivered. This is awesome. I don't know with his post-match comment. Like, I just, I, I'm curious to see, like, what the end game is. Like, Very it, bizarre. It does sound, again, kayfabe, Japan will never know. But the way Tama was saying it, and the way it's been reported after it was it does sound like new japan did not know that he intended to leave it sounds like you know tama in his comments and again the wrestlers are wrestling it's their job to lie to us and make it convincing he was saying he's literally made his decision now like he after winning that match that he wants to leave new japan because he just wants to be at home with his family he's got young kids uh it's been it's gotten tough for him um and you kind of, if if that is the case, you do kind of wonder where would New Japan have put a belt on him if they'd known he was leaving in the first place? Who knows? Um, right. But it does make the the result. It does make you question the result from you know a booking perspective. And I might prefer just talking about what's happening in the ring. Don't worry about booking. I think once you start no, to say, I think once you start saying this person should have beaten this person or this should have been the finish, you kind of lose the joy of pro wrestling. You're taking a lot away from the, yourself. If that's the story they're going to tell, like he wants to be a family man. And like like what we saw in New Year's Dash, like they're gonna try and like goat him into coming and defending his title. Like it's not something we've ever seen New Japan really do. Yeah, I think um, the unfortunate so maybe thing he's is just trying it, to. That's a very good case. Like Americanize, like do like an American style angle. Yeah, he could be leading us all on, you know. Uh, right? But it did see it did sound very sincere in his backstage comments. But again, they're they're, prof they're professional liars. Yeah, um, of course. You put out that tweet with all his accolades, and that's he's got a fucking impressive record, man. Oh, dude, he started from the bottom, man. He he's done crazy. It's crazy to me. This this was his. He's a four time never open weight champion after this. I thought it was free. No. 
<laughs> Matt and refuses. This is, and, no, no, no. <laughs> See, here's the problem, right? This match right here kind of reminded me of when he first won the Never Openweight title. And I was like, I was excited that for was that potential. because there, and then the whole fucking Carl Anderson bullshit. And, and it really just felt like he was just Tom Atonga was just like stuck in like neutral. He was just spinning his tires. So hopefully this, I think what's this is crazy. Though. This next chapter is going to be like great for him because I'm fucking rooting for him four times in like a year and a half. Four time champion, Matt. How many def- how many title defenses do you think Tamatonga has in total of with all his four reigns combined? Three. One. One. <laughs> he's a four time never openweight champion and he's got one defense. Uh very weird uh that he is a four time never openweight champion. But we get into the IWGP tag team and strong openweight tag team championship match. And as this match, as we're as we're getting ready for the the competitors to make the entrance. A blonde-haired man makes his way to ringside, accompanied by his brother, uh, Nick Nemeth, formerly Dolph Ziggler, approaching ringside with Ryan Nemeth. Uh, Very unexpected move. I don't think anyone expected Dolph Ziggler, of all people, to be showing up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, and it's, it's, you know, again, the wrestling dork in me instantly. The wheels are, are turning as I see Nick Nemeth going to sit down with his brother, and I'm like, this actually, like, this is cool. Like he's he brings name value. You know, people might not think that because over here in the in the states he was just a fucking he was great in the ring, but he was a job guy. Let's let's you know. I know he's got a couple championships under, but he never got he never got what was due to him. He was never given, in my opinion. And he was look, he got injured a lot, and that affected a lot of the way he was booked. But like when he cashed in after that WrestleMania twenty nine. Like that, the place was going fucking nuts, and then he wins and he gets hurt. Uh, you know, like he just—he was never on the on the right side with the luck. And I think this, like, color me intrigued. I am pumped up for for whatever yeah, like, Nick Nemeth is doing in Japan. I went WrestleMania 28, and at the time, the person I was most excited to see, the person I most wanted to meet at WrestleMania Access was Dolph Ziggler. I was the biggest Dolph Ziggler fan. Look, I've probably not seen him wrestle in about ten years. Uh, we're almost at WrestleMania 40 now, I think. Um, so I'm sure he's not the same man he once was. I'm sure he's still good. But the exciting thing about Dolph Ziggler is we have never seen him outside of WWE. We have never seen him outside of the very strict WWE in-ring style, the WWE machine, WWE promo style. I wonder how much of this is a him just wanting to go out there and it's, as as cheesy as it sounds, but show the world that like he can be a good fucking professional wrestler because we have no idea. He could go to New Japan and he could totally shit the bed and he could not even be able to keep up with David Finley because that's where this story is going. Right. Or he could go to New Japan and he could fucking outclass David Finley and we could be jumping at a bit to see fucking Okada versus Dolph Ziggler. Like, it, it, it's it's so intriguing. Yeah, no, this is like the the correlation I make is this is Juice Robinson, CJ Parker, whatever you want to call him. And NXT, you're like, who the fuck is this? Like, why is he in New Japan? Mm-hmm. And then, like he, he like shows he belongs, and he makes this luxurious, like long career out of it. And you know, you think Dolph was around for a while, and he knows Moxley, and and he probably, oh, you know, Moxley sure was probably like, you, you got to fucking do it, bro. And you see the success. I know he's friends with Matt Cardona. You see his success in the independence, like in the states here. And I know he's he's gone over over to the pond, across the pond over there. Like, there's money to be made, and you can kind of reinvent yourself. 
Oh, 100%. I, I think Dolph Ziggler will... He's going to be fine, and I'm very intrigued to see this. Um, I assumed we'd get a battle in the valley, quite frankly, but that's not the not the way that's going. Um, that's but... not in the cards, right? Uh, Kieran, I'm going to tell you something. Didn't like this match at all. Uh, look, I'd be lying if I said I could remember too much from this match. Uh, I remember Hikaleo going up to the top rope and getting the, the win at the end, but... They had like they had ten minutes, and in comparison, they went forty minutes. Forty, so, yep. There was well, a lot. Of, I, like, I thought the like the like there were some good callbacks. The like picking up dude, like picking up people and throwing them into each other, like it would just came off like real clunky and real like it just didn't. I was happy with the results. Yeah, I think as well because El Fantasmo did say in I interviewed him and Hikaleo they done the rounds uh, for Wrestle In, and El Fantasmo did say to me his contract's up January 31st. Uh, it did make me laugh because I know we're on Firefly Overbooks, but then he teased it to Sean Rossap. He didn't tell Sean Rossap. And they posted it on Fightful uh, Selects, like obviously Fightful's Patreon, about how New Japan Pro Wrestler maybe teases leaving, uh, teases that contract is up soon. And I'm like, dude, I posted a snippet on my Twitter, a VLP saying his contract is up January 31st. He says it verbatim, like... Uh, but neither here or there. We love Fight Four. I just found it amusing. Um, but yeah, like he was saying, you know, he was obviously playing that he, he knew what he was doing. He's playing up to at this time of year because apparently there's reports out of Wazoo that fucking every wrestler's out of contract right now or gonna coming up to be out of contract. Uh, but yeah, he teased that he's out of contract January 31st, and depending on the result of this match, he may will, will help make his decision. He won the match. I'm sure we can safely assume that El Fantasmo is sticking around at least a little bit longer as a result. I hope so. The, the match didn't. I didn't really like the match. I thought it was clunky, but I was happy with the result. And I think Bish, Bish, in a couple of years we'll look back at the Bishimon tag team, and you'll be like, they're one of the the best tag teams. Yeah, that we've ever a, we seen need to need to change the pace. I think Bishimon have hundred percent. Bishimon have carried this division for so many years now. We really need some. You know, like I would love for them to bring in the West Coast Wrecking Crew. And yes, please. Like we just we just need something something a little new here because this has been a so stale. I, as well. Matt alluded to it earlier, but Wyatt was very much the theme of Wrestle Kingdom. It's very much a thing in pro wrestling, especially in Japan. Big matches, you get special white gear comes out uh, only on the rarest of occasions. And you know you had Clark and Drill and Loney come out in white. You have Zack Saber Junior come out in white. Uh, Yota Suji comes out in white. Uh, Shota Umino I think was in white. Uh, ELP and Hikaleo were in white. And then I'm like, are we going to get Black Mask El Desperado? Are we going to get White Mask El Desperado? Is he just going to go for the, the normal look? Because he's done that before. Red Mask El Desperado was the coolest motherfucking looking thing, man. Holy shit. He looked amazing. Yeah, he did. And and I want to... Uh, I know we told said it before, Walker Stewart and company. This match, I thought they did an unbelievable job giving... Um, people who aren't familiar with their feud a, a backstory and and the, the what was at stake in this match it was more than just the iwgp junior heavyweight championship so props to those because they've really added an extra layer to this match that um i think it needed to be there it's a difficult one as well because they've had so many matches now it's how do they do something new they probably can't do something new they have to kind of just build on it and make it for they just have to have a wrestling match at the end of the day. Like you can't, if you rip their wrestler's mask off, you've already done that once before. And it must be difficult for them. And they just went out and just, just had a great match that just pulled from their history. 
Um, and yeah, El Desperado getting the win. Uh, this one is one that could have easily gone either way, but two title defenses that started at Wrestle Kingdom 17 ending at Wrestle Kingdom 18, Zack Sabre Jr. and Hiromi Takahashi. Yeah, I look, I'm, I've got gushed about him before. Like, I love Despy. It'll be. It'll be it, again. I think it's a change of pace, right? Hiromu has done everything. He's done everything with that junior title. Um, and you know, Rocky. Rocky said it on commentary. When you think of the juniors, there's three. It's Tiger Mask, it's Jushin Thunder Liger, and it's Hiromu. What they've yeah. done for the junior division. So I don't know where he goes from here, Hiromu. Uh, but I'm excited to see what lies ahead with Despy. And, and they kind of set up. I think they set up a safe uh next opponent at new year's dash but i think it's somebody who uh, when when he gets in the ring with despy i think they, they'll deliver so yeah it's, it's obviously with yoshinobu kanamaru maybe they're going to get house torture antics but there'll be semblances of good wrestling yeah, in the why mix. did you have to you know i was just content with despy and house of torture man you i know what it, you I can't just... escape the house I'm trying to keep them at, out of my head. You I don't can't escape their rent. They're living there rent free right now. I got dick to go everywhere. <laughs> you got dick on the mind. Uh, third match from the top: the IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion, the inaugural champion, is going to get crowned. David Finley making his intro first. Bullet Club leader comes up. Savior of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It comes up. Uh, John Moxley comes out next with the Red Hood uh, cosplay, looking really cool. Uh, and then Will Ospreay just you know goes above and beyond yet again with an incredible entrance, a collaboration between himself and Assassin's Creed uh, comes out in Assassin's Creed inspired gear, changes it on stage somehow into his wrestling gear. Uh, Elevated is screaming out through the crowd. I did say it as well. Um, Kyosuke from WrestleWin. I mean, tons of, I know tons of people that was at um, the show, uh, but Kyosuke was saying how, so at WrestleKing 17, as Osprey made his elevated entrance, they had the lyrics come up on the screen right, so people could sing along. Right in english at wrestling 18 they had up in japanese so the japanese crowd could chant along and sing along uh, to elevated which was a really cool bit but yeah matt you, you're you're clapping for this match please take go go for it i i and i might be at i th- we've i think we've discussed this before new japan is not good at three-way dances it's just not something they do ever and when they do they're not good this match was the it's arguably the best three-way dance they've ever done in the history of New Japan, the story from them agreeing the first five minutes they're just going to beat the dog shit out of David Finley, and then when that announcement gets made, five minutes past, five minutes past, and they are just fucking, they're throwing fucking, uh, uh, fucking Death Riders, and they're throwing fucking hidden blades, just all out of chaos, complete chaos, chaos. It was, it was awesome and then and then of course the war dogs get involved poor alex coglin's a meme now ever and <laughs> ever and ever like it, it it was just it it took a match where uh, you know frankly i was i was not super interested osprey we know is out on his way out i don't give a shit about john moxley um and i'm kind of like rooting for finley but 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 the, the the juice the juice isn't behind him, right? Because we haven't seen him for all of tag league. Again, it goes back to uh, uh, out of sight, out of mind. But man, this match starts, and I'm like, "Fuck!" David Finley looks like the biggest piece of shit in the world, which is the role he's playing. I love it with the fucking Chalali and the War Dogs. Osprey and Moxley have this long history that goes back to that Windy City show uh, two years ago, where 
they bring it up on commentary. His foot's under the rope, and they, he should have never lost. Like, and they never get to finish it because Osprey gets sick, and then Moxley goes into rehab. And, like, this was just a beautiful story. Um, and I, I think the, the right man won. It was a clusterfuck in the best possible way. A gorgeous clusterfuck, gorgeous chaos. It was just a mark, like you couldn't take a breath. You couldn't blink. You would miss something. There was just so many moments of just bang, 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 like Death Rider, Hidden Blade, into Oblivion, like big fucking moves. It wasn't like suplex, suplex, suplex. It was huge stuff that would always, that would finish a match. But like uh, the, the one bit that really fucking got me, I can't remember who done what. I think maybe Moxley, uh, accident, like some Moxley hits the Death Rider on Finley or something, and Osprey flies in with a Hidden Blade to break up the pinfall. But then someone falls like, they after getting hit, hit yes, by him, blade, hidden falls blade on the opponent. Falls, yes, and then I was like, that was such a near fall as well. And I, I bit, I was like, holy shit, that's the finish, and that's a genius finish. I would have been fine with that. And I was like, fuck, that got me. But like the the one bit I loved as well again is like Osprey is just kicking the shit out of Moxley. He hits a hidden blade. He hits, he picks Moxley up. He hits the Stormbreaker, and I'm like, that's it. Well, Osprey's winning. Finley flies in from fucking nowhere with like a midair gator roll. Flies through perfectly in midair, spins, lands, picks Osprey up into into oblivion in one smooth as ass fucking thing. It's like it's the spot that sticks out the most in my mind from Wrestle Kingdom is how easily and how good that spot looked from David Finley. And Finley went into this match. Obviously, the story was kayfabe and non kayfabe. Why is Finley here? Like no one wants Finley here. Like Osprey and Moxie didn't want Finley here. We didn't. We wanted Osprey versus Moxie as fans. And you're right, he done so good at being at being a, a prick, being shit, looking like shit. But he hung in there with them easily. He did not look out of place. If anything, he was just as good, if not better than them. And I'm not saying... As long as he's got someone that can meet him halfway, Finley, yep. he's going to be great. He's not. I don't know that he's going to elevate someone. He's not in that Osprey of stick him in there if you want to make sure Rumo look good, Yorosuji look good. But as long as he gets a good dance partner, Finley is set from this match. Yeah, no, this was this was awesome, and then, and then the the most unsuspecting of of altercate like this was the yep. furthest thing <laughs> from my mind. But man, I am like, I'm in on this. Like Finley's leaving, he he notices Nick Nemeth out there. He he starts like talking shit to him, and Nick Nemeth's like, "You're talking to me." And they get up and they get in each other's face and they start throwing blows and. And, uh, you know, they get them broken up and they whisk David Finley off. And then they do that fucking wide shot where you just see the arena and the and the the the, the ramp to the back. And you just see people fucking running. And they're like, up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh, we got something's going on down there. Nick Nemeth is, is running up the ramp. And you're like, I, I want more. I want. And they're like, yeah, Okada Danielson's next. And you're like, yeah, but wait, what? <laughs> I want to know what happens there. So it's the, it's the difficult thing about these big shows, isn't it? You don't get time to come down. You're still hyped up and like kind of jittery from the last moment. I think the, the difficult one is always when the G1 climax happens or there's just a big tournament announcement. Like the G1 climax will happen mid-show. You'll get the announcement of the participants. You're losing your mind. Holy shit, we're going to get this person versus this person. This person's making their G1 debut. And then there's a title match next. And you just cannot fucking concentrate on the next match because of what just happened. Okada Danielson didn't face that problem because the entrance is Wrestle Kingdom. By the time the entrance matter, you've got time to settle down. Okada's entrance. What the fuck kind of trickery magic is this? 
<laughs> that was awesome. He comes out in all white, and you're like, oh no, like the people dressed in white haven't done too well tonight. And then the fucking UV light puts color on his clothes whilst he's standing there. Ugh. How does a car to do it? Uh, what an entrance. What a fucking entrance. And look, I, lo- I love Okada, but I love, love, love Prick Okada. And when he yes. took the fucking the bandage off of Daniel's yes. face, I was like, this motherfucker is awesome. And he's going to beat the shit out. I thought this match was an exceptional, exceptional wrestling match. I thought they told an amazing story. The spot where Danielson's got Okada in the submission move where he tapped at the same one. Yep. Great job. The fucking trading of the Rainmakers. Just Brian Danielson. It's it's a, such a shame it took this long for him to be in a New Japan ring. And I really I, hope this isn't the last time we ever see him there. Uh, I definitely don't think it is. I think now he'll have the bug. He'll have the Moxley bug. How Moxley like says how the Japanese crowd saved his career when he went over there for the first time and he'd done the G1, like it's his favorite place in the world to wrestle. He makes no bones about it. He, he doesn't try and hide it. Danielson, pre-show, post-show, post-New Year's Dash, saying how this is what he's wanted for 13 years. He, he didn't want to be an American superstar. He wanted to be a wrestler in Japan. He wanted to wrestle in Tokyo Dome. This is what he's wanted for 13, the past 13 years. Think about everything that man has accomplished in the past fucking 13 years. And this is what he's saying he wanted. That speaks so much volumes, man. And yeah, we're getting Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. It seems like it's probably going to happen in Japan. But the difference the, the difference between this match and a forbidden door match, man, night and fucking day, oh, that yeah. submission where the crowd are just willing Okada on and it going on for so long. Long submissions in American wrestling, I find, don't always work. The crowd just naturally starts to lose interest. They, it goes on for too long, but that doesn't happen with Japanese crowds because they're so fucking invested and they're just willing Okada on, they're doing everything they can to give Okada that little bit of fighting spirit to get him to the ropes, which he eventually did. And there's no chance other than Danielson getting a yes chant going, which was incredible. That that sound in Tokyo Dome. Or Okada, 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 or just screaming at the top of their lungs, man. That no nobody this every match is better in Japan. I don't care. It, it is. Yeah, it, look, you watch this, it's hard to disagree with you. It really is. This was this was uh, fantastic, and I don't know if I ever noticed it before, or if it's if it's because Kevin Kelly's not there anymore. And look, you can't replace Kevin Kelly, right? And I I think the wonderful thing about uh, Walker Stewart is he's not trying to; he's bringing his own game. Mm-hmm. But I felt like Chris Charlton was dialed fucking up, bro, like a notch, like he was out of his mind in the best way possible. Uh, and I was like. I either never really paid enough attention to it or like he was fucking hyped for the show, man. He was. This is what they wait all year for, man. If this is the new role that Chris Charlton plays, like I'm all in it because he he's definitely taking a more leading role. He was unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Like I'm, I don't. I wonder if it's permanent or if it's just whilst Walker Stewart finds his feet, which he's he's fucking doing a tremendous job as well, man. The boy is all, Walker Stewart is already up and running, man. He's he's running at full sprint, um, like, and maybe Chris is just naturally taking a bit more lead, or maybe it's just more fifty fifty because clearly before Kevin Kelly was the one running the roost, and now Chris has to naturally step up and everything. But who's to say he couldn't have done that with Kevin Kelly? It's just the opportunity wasn't there. But no, yeah, absolutely love Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero as well. That that trio was great. Uh, and you know, Gino Gambino is coming back for the New Japan Cup as well, which is a delight because Gino Gambino's 
he adds so much entertainment value to commentary. He, he's he's so great. But yeah, then we move into the main event: Tetsuya Naito versus Sonada, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The moment we've all been waiting for. Naito finally winning, getting the roll call. Um, I suppose we should talk about the match before we talk about the post match. I love Tanada's gear. I love the entrance robe, the orange t- uh, pants, perhaps an homage to Keiji Muto there. Um, the match was, it was really good. I don't, I think it, it's got the, the Okada Jay White problem. Uh, yeah, the, just look, so much the... greatness before it, but that they they done they, they they didn't do anything wrong. They're like, you know what I mean. What yeah, would you no, sit the, there? What would you sit there and say and say they should have done this? They should have done that. No, the but. match was the match was fine, but again, it, I think, I think it was predictable in a good way. But yeah, I definitely. again, I thought the commentators did an unbelievable job, and I I think, you know, as we turn the calendar into twenty twenty four, we're gonna go forward to with new beginnings and everything. Like the importance of Sonata's run, like I don't think people gave him a lot of credit when he won the title and they didn't think anything good was going to come of it. But I think he had a great run as the IWGP world heavyweight champion. Yeah. I, I people really you know, hate on it. And look, it's... it's hard to compare to Okada, Tanahashi. Like that's the uh, you thing. can't, They're you right know, it's not that... fair to him. One of the complaints is who did he beat in his title reign? He beat Hiromu Takahashi, a junior. He beat Jack Perry, a fucking Jack Perry. He uh, beat Okada for the title. He beat Yotosuji, and is that it? Did he have a f- oh, and Evil. That's not exactly a, a big fucking hit list there, which I understand. But those matches were good. I, I half of those matches were good. I won't let right. me not exaggerate here. The 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 um the Yotosuji match, and of course the Hiromu match. But I think he's been a great champion. I think he done he. I think he done great during the G one and everything. Um, yeah, and, and look, the story they told with the New Japan Cup, where he broke, he finally broke through, and he broke out of Lij, and he's that stuff with Tai Chi. Like, I, I think I'm not because it, it's so long ago. I just don't think people. I, I don't have strong opinions either way. Like, I, I, I certainly lean to. I, I think it was good. Like, it was anything better than good. It wasn't great, and it certainly wasn't bad. Uh, but that's not what you want from your top champion in your top right. run, obviously. Um, but yeah, Tetsuya Naito. Getting the win and Jesus Christ, Matt. This this the, the post match almost gave me a fucking aneurysm. Fuck, Chris oh my God, lost man. his fucking mind. Oh, my heart stopped. I could not believe it. I and it was pro wrestling at its finest, man. Oh, like, unbelievable! And then for Sonata to make the save, genius, fucking genius. Great, great stuff. Oh my God, it never crossed my mind that they would fuck with Tetsuya Naito's roll call. They knew we knew we were getting Tetsuya Naito's roll call. Uh, so when they te- fuck me, when Evil came in, I like I, I out loud. I said I, I I was like it was like someone had died. I, I'm watching it in the living room, and I was like, oh no, please, please no, oh no. And Hazel's like, why? What? What's wrong? What's wrong? Like she thinks something's happening to me, or something's happened serious. And I'm like, they're taking Tetsuya Naito's roll call away. Um, but yeah, so not, it was perfect. Like Evil crouches down so he can taunt Naito with the belt, and then he fucking Sonata shoots in from nowhere, and you can dive so much in. You could write an essay on just that moment how yeah. Evil leaves Naito, goes a totally different route, and Sonata leaves Naito, but there's still that respect, and Sonata still wanted Naito to have that moment. Fucking hell, it's beautiful. Um, Naito thanking Sonata post match as well, and Sonata breaking down like that shit's real. That that was so real, and then he finally got the fucking roll call, man. But what I wouldn't have given to being in that crowd 
when Evil done what he done and Sonata came and made the save. That would have been the biggest, the best fucking euphoric feeling ever to cheer for Sonata and Naito in that moment. Yeah, it's a great, great, great way, great way to end a great show. Uh, yeah, like that, that's what I mean. They, the Wrestle Kingdom 18 really did not do much wrong. I, I couldn't sit here and say that match should have been like, you know, this match should have happened instead of this match or this opponent should have been here or whatever. Like overall, this is the best Wrestle Kingdom we've had since pre-pandemic. Like, yeah, no, this, like, this... you could you could go further than that because 14 was split up into two days. So there was some matches that kind of were just tag preview matches. Wrestle Kingdom 13, I remember that being quite rushed. I was there. I was quite disappointed. Like, no matches got a space to breathe. Uh, and then, you know, we're back at Wrestle Kingdom 12, and that was Okada versus Naito, uh, Suzuki versus Goto, Jericho versus Omega, Osprey versus Ibushi? No. Osprey versus Ibushi. Wrestle Kingdom 12 was the four-way junior tag with Kushida, Hiromu, Osprey, and Redacted. Um, God oh, damn, we, did we say at... Redacted? <laughs> and Marty Scale. Um, I'm good at remembering this shit. Uh, Okada, Naito, Omega, Jericho, Tanahashi, Jay White. Tanahashi, Jay White, Jay White's return. Osprey Redacted, Tamahata. Ta- this is Hiromu, one of the Kushida, most fun Go- Wrestle Kingdoms. 18. I think. Yeah, this is one of yeah. the most fun Wrestle Kingdoms I can recall. <clears throat> look, it checked all the boxes. Recency and... bias, of course, but. No, but look, you look back, it checked all the boxes. It finished up a lot of stories. It, it set the stage for a lot of. Because there's a lot of questions going into 24, like so. There's they. I think they they put themselves in a great position, and I go big or go home, man. Because New Year's Dash, I think I might enjoy New Year's Dash more than I enjoy Wrestle Kingdom. It was again New Year's Dash as well. Again, one of the best New Year's Dashes we've had in a long time. Like last year was great. We had uh, Omega, of course, team up with Okada, uh, and what else happened? I was there, man. Was there what was the other big moments? I really can't recall. Um, but goddamn, yeah. But this New Year's Dash, but Wrestle Kingdom as well, just to wrap up quickly. I think we will very much have New Japan before Wrestle Kingdom 18 and New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom 18, and they're going to be two very different things like <laughs> before Christ and after Christ. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's going to be like Wrestle Kingdom before Tetsuya Naito Royal Call, Wrestle Kingdom after Tetsuya Naito Royal Call. And it's going to be two very different trajectories now. Like they, they, they're clearly making a change of plan, but yeah, New Year's Dash, uh. Not everything needs talking about. Hiroshi Tanahashi defending the NJPW World TV Championship against Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, post-match uh, challenge, an on-screen challenge that will have fans very divided. Um, Matt Riddle challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, yeah, of course, Matt I think, Riddle. Has... I think it's just a. I think it's a battle of the valley thing. It's not that matches. Matt Riddle's got a match about Wayne Valley. I know it's not. It's not I against know. Tanahashi. I just, <laughs> I just don't. I how I don't understand how Matt Riddle's going to get into Japan. Uh he'll be fine. Like I know. I it. it I know. Oh, as long as he's not taking in weed in with him, he'll be fine. Like he can get Dude, weed in Japan. It's, it's Matt Riddle. He's I pr- yeah. not showcased that he's a very no. He's so obviously. Individual. I can't recall all the accusations and what is and isn't proven against Matt Riddle, but of course there has been some damning stuff. There's a reason WWE let him go. There's a reason he lost the love of the internet wrestling community. Um, and it's it, it's a shame that WWE have booked uh, WWE that New Japan have booked him because it shines a, a bad light on New and it taints what was a tremendous couple of days. It's a questionable move. Yeah, uh, and as well, like, look, once upon a time, Matt Riddle was a big thing on the UK Indies. I loved the man. Uh, we, he, we'd, he'd recognize me at shows. I'd always go up and say hello. 
and everything like that. He was a really nice dude and everything. Like, you know, maybe I don't know what happened when. Perhaps he was a, a dickhead back then. Perhaps stuff happened after. I don't know. But I was a big Matt Riddle fan once upon a time, of course. Stuff came to light, and of course, my opinion of him has since changed. Uh, but it's annoying because there's a great wrestler in there that's now, quite frankly, yeah, he doesn't deserve. To, he doesn't deserve the time of day. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He was it's one of the worst interviews I ever did in the history really? of Shining. With I was <laughs> so fucking excited to talk to him, and I just stumbled and bumbled and mumbled my way. Oh, through I the thought interview. you meant as in he was like not a good guest. No, he was great. I was just all fucking oh, yeah. out of whack, all sorts out of whack. Like I met him <laughs> at an Evolve show. He was so nice. Like he was like, I'm down to do the podcast. He, I'm pretty sure he still follows the fucking wizards on social media. But uh, he had superstar written all over him. And then he got to the WWE and it was like, you know, fucking bloom fell off the rose. This is a very questionable signing. I just... Uh, yeah, go, it's either going to blow up in their face or it's going to be the best thing they ever did. I, I don't think it's either. I just think it happens. I think it'll be telling to just see if he sticks around after the title defense against Tanahashi or if it's a, a one and done. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we're all hoping for the latter one and done. Uh, second match, Bishamon defeating Ryoho Oiwa and Kaito Kiyomiya. Third match, uh, El Fantasma and Hikaleo defeating Oscar Loibe and Yuto Nakashima. And the announcement... Sayonara! beforehand that this will be their send-off match yuto and oscar going off on their excursions at the same time uh they've said they want to go on excursion together uh oscar has since been announced for wxw's 16 karat gold tournament uh at rev pro show in london yesterday which was sunday the 7th uh, a tag team did call out oscar loeb and yuto nakashima for their next show at the beginning of february so they will both be in London, at least for that Ref Pro show. So are they staying on excursion here? Or are they just doing Europe? I don't know. Maybe they're going everywhere. Um, but hey, hopefully I get to see them guys over here. That'll be really cool. Um, that would be cool. Let me ask you a question. You are, let's ask you a hypothetical question. You got these brand new tag team champions. <laughs> you could pick any fucking two people to put, to make them their first feud. I'm guessing the guys that they picked are at the bottom I, I look man you want to steamroll them get a win get a defense under your belts but man i don't give a flying fuck about chase owens and kenta do you know what's bad like when chase owens was changing and got on the mic i was like oh who's his partner gonna be have bullet club got someone new who's it gonna be i was like i've got proper interested and then he was like kenta and i was like fucking course is kenta such like, like... this is where can can this is where Kenta belongs the tag team division he shouldn't be doing whole matches by himself but not next to not next to chase owens <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine I'm with, with i am like i'm fine look, with us the having center his... where he is but <sighs> there's the history there elp and hikaleo they defective they got kicked out of bullet club and these guys are still in some fucking version of bullet club we don't know we don't know if Chase Owens is in the War Dogs. He's in the Bullet Club. He's in the House of Torture. <sighs> Fuck me, running in the man. bin. Hopefully, in the bin. Hopefully. Um. Then we move on to a twelve-man tag match. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, twelve-man tag match. Uh, which was, uh, to be honest, I, I I think I got a work call. I paid no attention. If um, I could have I... gotten electrocuted by my Christmas tree while I was taking this <laughs> off, when this happened, it would have been so much better than watching this hunk of dog shit. 
better stuff coming out of this before we move swiftly on is we're getting uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru challenging El Desperado for the junior heavyweight title. Shota Umina and Ren Narita clearly have unfinished business and Evil is challenging Tamatonga for the never openweight championship. Let's move swiftly on to well, something that, that was... Let, that let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. That's a breath of fresh hair because then we know that Evil's not going after... Uh, yeah, there uh, was Naito fears. Right now. Okay. There was fears following the end of Wrestle Kingdom 18. So yeah, uh, uh, you have to take the good with the bad. Um, but God, what do you? Damn. I, 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 I want to know, right? Will Osprey sits down. He says, Let's "I've done every. I've done everything in New Japan. What else is there left to do?" And someone says, "We should have a complete fucking disaster of a match, and then have a cage match in a month." Sounds like a fucking great idea. <laughs> right? Sounds like the this best idea I've ever heard. The fucking last thing I had on my bingo card was this 10-man steel cage match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But if anyone can fucking pull it off at these 10 dudes, this match was fucking unbelievable. This was exactly what Bullet Club should fucking be. Yes. This is exactly what Gabe Kidd and Alex Coglin have been doing when they come out and they walk through the crowd. And if you if you've got a chair... You're not having that chair anymore. That's going on the other side of the arena. And if you're near a barricade, fucking duck and cover. And Clark Connors and Drill and Maloney do similar. But fucking this one, this was fantastic. I This was one of the highlights of the whole Wrestle Kingdom time. Like, just the match just going completely lost. Everyone just fighting everywhere. Fucking Gabe Kid going full fucking Kiji Muto. Like, what the fuck happened to this man oh, that he was bleeding like that? Clark Connor spearing a referee. Referee, yeah, and then Hanare punched through a fucking chair. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. But they brought everywhere, and then uh, War Dogs get the advantage, and they fucking trap Akira, and they're brutalizing him with a fork. They're fucking scraping and clawing and everything, and then United Empire come in and save their boy, and Osprey's like, "We got to settle this." Osprey announces his last New Japan match will be February 11th in Osaka. Those Osaka crowds are practically unbeatable that is going to be some moment when that elevated music hits one final fucking time uh challenges war dogs united empire versus war dogs 5v5 they can pick the stipulation and david finley says a fucking cage match new beginning february 11th we've already got our first match that's my birthday matt what a great birthday present ah i love it february 11th um and then but interestingly the story here as well with akira matt like they're trying to check on Akira as he walks backstage and he shrugs them off. And in the backstage comments, if you haven't seen it, they're like Akira's, they're all, you know, let's fucking go. Yeah. And Akira's like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, I just went through hell facing the war dogs. Like they ruined my life. Look what they've just done to me. I don't want to be in a cage match. What's wrong with you? Like he's a voice of reason. He's scared. Like it's, it's a really great fucking change of pace in pro wrestling. And he kind of, and Hanare gets in his face. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Toughen up. Come on, we're going to do this as a team. And Akira's like, no, I can't do this. I've been through too much already. And then like, Will Ospreay's like, no, come on, Akira. Like trying to be the big brother. And Akira walks away. Is that really big? They, 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 they've got so much momentum with this United Empire story. Is this going to be the end of United Empire? Does this split them up? Does Akira betray them? Does, you know, there, there's so much fucking fuel to this fire. This should main event. They, 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 they won't be able to stop this. I don't see why. It's got a main event, right? I think looking at the card as well, the New Beginning in Sapporo, I want to say, but there are more New Beginning shows after this one. But the, the big one is usually New Beginning in Osaka. It's usually the final one, uh, I think. Um, 
but yeah, God, God damn, man. Bra- bravo to everyone involved in this match. Uh, then you this get will be a... the first, uh, the first cage match in 20 years. Yeah, something crazy like that. They haven't had many. Yeah, I, know was, Tanahashi, uh... I know Tanahashi was in one. Yeah, it was the. Uh, that's what I was looking up while you were talking to me. I wasn't like fucking <laughs> shit on Amazon. It's the U30 Openweight Championship, Tanahashi against Kuzanari uh, Murakami. There was no crowd for that either. I'm pretty sure it was just uh, it them in the no, cage. No, uh, yeah, this is live, but elsewhere because New Japan is bad at building cages quickly. Um, it has no referee, and you can only win via knockout. Yeah, that sounds right. I feel like I've seen it. I've definitely at least seen pictures of it. Um, but yeah, next match: Just Five Guys versus Lij. Um, it seems we're going to where, where we are. We're going to get Tetsuya Naito defending against Sonata. That that's been agreed. Sonata making the challenge. Naito backstage saying, "Well." If it wasn't for Sonada, he wouldn't have had the roll call, so he'll accept Sonada's challenge. Um, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Is there yeah. anything else come out of this match? I don't think. I know Doki wants Hiromu, but Doki always wants Hiromu. Yeah, no, I don't think. And look, if you're going to have the cage match, is going to headline probably the new beginning show on February 11th. Like Naito and Sonada is a nice little little appetizer before we get to the cage match. So I'm okay. Yeah, I think it. I think it might. It will probably either that or it will headline one of the other new beginning shows. Um, then the KOPW four-way 10-minute scramble match, last pinfall, you are the winner. Ishimori uh, sneaking away, geniusly show, uh, just getting the pinfall and then running around the venue for a minute, uh, which, again, it's it's nice when people, because pro wrestling stupid. Why climb the, why why are you climbing the ladder so slow, bro? Why are you climbing <laughs> out the cage so slow? The person's down. Just go, go exit the cage at the door. You've hit your finisher, you know. Uh, so it's nice when people treat wrestling with a bit more... Just like you would in real life. Like if this was a real life thing and you had to win, you would run. That's all you would yeah. do. You'd you'd run down the clock. So run bravo away, for Ishimori. Yeah. And he made uh, it look great as well. Yeah, I just I don't care about the KOPW title. Oh no, no, yeah. This was totally uh, irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. But then you get to the main event. You get Tom Hiri, she comes out first. And then Kazuchika Okada comes out. And then John Moxley comes out, and you was like, you're probably getting Moxley or Danielson. Like, if you were lucky, we were going to get both of them. But I'm sure one of them would have turned up based on, you know, Kenny Omega turning up last year. We kind of, we, we all had our hopes, but then Danielson comes out as well, and it's the four of them. <sighs> that was fucking cool. But then I'm like, who are they going to face? Right. Like, what four men can they? And then TMDK's music here, and I lost my shirt. Yeah. I was no, so much more excited for this great. match because they were facing TMDK. Do you know, I was so excited it was just TMDK that until the match started, I was like, oh, we're getting Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson again. Like, that didn't cross my mind because I was just so excited for TMDK as a whole being in this position. I fucking love TMDK so much. Yeah, no, this was... Look, and you're going to get... You're going to get, what, Haste, Haste, Nichols, and Fujita going after the six-man, right? Oh man, yeah. Fushita should be pinning Danielson, quite frankly. What? Mm-hmm. I said what I said. Wow. It should be Kosei Fushita versus Brian Danielson instead of Co- uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Really? With Kosei Fushita beating Brian Danielson clean. Wow. That's what it. we do with Fujita. He fucking. Then he beats Okada and he becomes IWP World Heavyweight Champion. Doesn't Naito have that? To, to the moon. To the moon. Oh, he'll beat Okada, then he'll beat Naito. It's, it's, oh, it's, right. I love it. It's fine. He'll beat him he'll he'll both in the same night, man. And then he'll lose to Triple H. I mean, Tanahashi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this match was just... Do you know what? I couldn't tell you if this match was good or not. I was just... It, the vibes were off the chart. Like, because of everyone that was involved in this match. It was just... 
you were just experiencing it. You were loving it. You were living it. I could not. I, I could give. I could give you no proper analysis of this match. It was so. I can. I will give you an analysis. It was a fan. <laughs> it was a fantastic match. Everyone looked great. The stories left you wanting more, and I think that's. I think that's what you want when you watch these 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 shows, right? You want more, and we're gonna get more. We're gonna get Danielson against uh, Zack Saber Jr. We're gonna get. Uh, um, Big Tom and Okada and Tanahashi against uh, Nichols and um, Haste and Fujita for the six man. Like, and we got to see Brian Danielson and Moxley team with Okada and Big Tom Ishii. Like, this is great, and it's great for TMDK. Like, is twenty twenty four the year where TMDK finally gets their flowers? Oh, I hope so, man. These boys, these four together in Japan, they're special. They're they supersede United Empire for me at the moment. Um, absolutely love the, the, the this group of them. They're they're, they're they're fantastic. But yeah, that kind of, that brings to an end to the Wrestle Kingdom extravaganza uh, in a spectacular fashion. Oh, oh, I should fucking say, I'm so happy TMDK won. Yes, like the Dream Team, like that that was such a big moment. I'm so fucking happy they went with them winning instead of the Dream Team. Yeah, and Danielson was the one that ate the pen. No, he's not. <laughs> Ishii got pinned. <laughs> I no. had to second guess myself there. Danielson. Who pinned Danielson? Everybody. <laughs> but no, yeah. Did, uh, uh, Fujita. Fujita pilled, pinned Danielson and Okada and Big Tom. Like, and... like it was Roman Reigns at Wrestle Kingdom that one time. He just stacked them all on top of each other. Uh, WrestleMania that one time. No, um, he was at Wrestle Kingdom, that one Wrestle Kingdom during the yeah, pandemic. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, I think like the best way I can sum up this whole Wrestle Kingdom New Year's Dash, like it was just the it, the vibes were just extreme, extremely good. It was just fun. It wasn't like, oh, why is that person winning? Or oh, they shouldn't have done that. Like it was just, I enjoyed myself so much. It was just such a good vibe all around. Atmosphere in the ring, outside the ring, on social media, everything. Just good vibes all around. A great, great Wrestle Kingdom. New Japan knocked out a fucking buck. Yeah, 100%. Great, great they finished 2023 strong we're gonna get a very exciting 2024 so i'm looking forward to that and they they released a whole list of the tour that they're gonna do um and then we got the the battle in the valley this weekend dude i didn't realize it was so soon like and this is a big big card like it's happening january 13th in america and san jose battle in the valley and they've stacked this card to the hills especially considering how quickly after rest kingdom is like this is one of the best cars they've put on in America. So you've got a kickoff match one, uh, Matt Vandegrift versus Goldie, strong survivor, um, strong survivor match. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I knew, knew either of these two or the concept. Uh, but more excitingly, kickoff match two, Viva Van versus Stephanie Vacour, keeping that relationship strong uh, with Stephanie Vacour, um, you know, with the rumors that Julia is headed to WWE. Um, I would not be opposed to Stephanie Vacour being the next strong women's champion. Uh, I would love for her to get that belt. Um, but then you get, get to the main show in earnest, and your first match is show to Umno, Fred Rosser, and Jacob for two, taking on Tim Filthy, Tom Loyola, Royce Isaacs, and Gerald Nelson. T Jacob for two, making what I'm assuming is his New Japan debut. I believe you're right. So it's a very cool match. Um, like as well, Tim, Team Filthy deserve the world deserve a lot better they deserve to be in fucking japan uh royce isaac's doing a hopefully a little mini uk tour at the beginning of march so hopefully i'll get to to hook up with royce isaac's um second match mascara dorada and volador jr versus rocky romero and Soberano jr rocky romero keeping up that feud 
with Volador from CMLL. But then from the third match, man, the third match onwards, it it, it just kicks up crazy. Yeah, You've does. got TJP versus David Finley, and he's representing Will Ospreay because Ospreay's busy with Okada, and Ospreay was like, who wants to take on Finley? And TJP stepped up, and now it's like, it's kind of like the Finn Balor demon. Are we going to get the Oss one? Are we going to get TJP? Yeah, I was just going to ask you, are we gonna, which one are we getting? Because the tease at New Year's Dash was great. He came up with a hood down and you couldn't see anything. And then his name got said and he revealed it and it was TJP. Right. Um, but yeah, like this match has potential. Like there's no doubt they feel he's going to win. And it's just, it's just building up to the, to the cage match. But this is a really cool match that I would have never like following before Wrestle Kingdom. You see this match and you're like, eh. After Wrestle Kingdom, you see this match and you're like, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. Oops, wrong, wrong banner. Sorry. Uh, after that, we have the new Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Champions. Um, and the Ida. Are they getting. They they're only defending the, belt, the Strong. So. They're in, they've not merged them. I thought it was. No, no, no. They've not merged oh. them. They're only defending the Strong titles here. And Chase Owens can own only challenging for the tag, IWGP oh. titles. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. But uh, Hikaleo and El Fantasma will defend against the War Dogs, Clark Corners, and Alex Coglin. Come on, Nelly, stop, man. And I mean, Fightful have reported that both of these men are either out of contract or coming out of contract. Apparently, Clark Connors, Fightful reporting, worked Wrestle Kingdom but out of contract. Alex Coglin, contract up at the end of the month, I think. Fightful reported. Obviously, both guys are going to be seemingly at uh, New Beginning in Osaka. So I it, it is weird. Like I know this time of year we expect the contract talk, but this year it seems kind of out of control. It seems like every fucking person is talking about their contract and stuff. Like, what's the there's gotta be something behind all this. Like, I'm sure contracts are up every year, but we're not as acutely aware of this many people talking about their contracts. Like, are people unhappy? Are people trying to get better money? Are people just trying to test the water and see I'm if sure there's interest elsewhere? To... Like it's a I'm it's sure weird. They're... Yeah, no, I'm sure they're te- look. It's, I'm sure they're testing the waters. I'm sure they put it out there to, to drive up their price. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's the smart individuals. And um, but this match should be really cool. This is a, a fun yeah. little match. Um, I'm actually excited for the women's match. Oh yeah, Julia versus Trisha Dora. Julia defending her strong women's championship against Megan Bain at Stardom at the end of uh, 2023, and Trisha Dora challenging via video message. Um, like Trisha Dora, one of the best women on the uh us independence uh she's a she's a she's a big name on the us independence and she went out of her own way to attend new japan's academies at the la dojo she probably the biggest name that's done that alpha like just decided i want to pay this money i want to learn in a new japan ring from new japan wrestlers it's paying dividends here but i think that says a lot about her as a human being as a person that she didn't feel above it or anything like that because she she's a big, a big name and she's getting to face the biggest name in women's wrestling outside of wwe right now yeah no, that should that should be that might steal. I mean, you got Okada Osprey at the top, but that might steal the show. Uh, sixth match: Matt Riddle and X versus TMDK, Bad Dude, Motherfucking Tito, and Zack Saber Junior. I think the most upsetting thing here is that Sick Cunt Tito is going to be taking the pinfall most likely. What if the mystery partner takes the pinfall? Who is the mystery partner, Matt? Give me your what? Give me give me your best bet. At, at Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Mojo, Trump. Mojo Raleigh. Fuck off, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I wonder. I do wonder who it could be. Are they... Is it what if it was like a Fred? What if it was like an old evolve, like a Fred Fred Yehi? 
He's got. He was part of Strong and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. being in this worries me a bit in case we're going to get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Matt Riddle. And I will say, Matt Riddle is a big part of Rev Pro. I'm nine percent sure I've seen that match in Rev Pro, and it was fucking great. But again, it, you don't want to be supporting Matt Riddle. So I hope we don't get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Matt Riddle and Zack Sabre Jr. getting engrossed in that stuff. Um, but yeah, this is a match that we are getting. The intrigue obviously surrounding who the mystery opponent will be. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd. Eddie Kingston defending the AEW Triple Crown Continental Mishmash Championship. Um, <laughs> look, Gabe Kidd in his backstage comments, he specifically said he, he wanted to challenge for the strong title. He said he doesn't care about that fake Triple Crown bullshit. He wants the strong title. So why, why are we getting him? Because, you know, my, my problem is now we know what the result is. There's no way, obviously, Gabe Kidd is going to win this AEW titles. He's not going to be no. the Ring of Honor champion and stuff like that. Whereas if it's just for the strong title, you can suspend your dis- you can suspend your belief and think, oh, right. there's actually a chance of Gabe Kidd winning here. Whereas now, the, I, and you know, the match will be great. These two had a great match in... 2022 begin the 2022 maybe for the strong uh, in new japan strong um and their their gabe kid is like you know off the fucking walls unchained now um but yeah i I just wish it was for the strong title only yeah they uh new japan got hosed with this whole relationship with AEW. yeah like this get a strong title off of him they've gained zero they've gained absolute new japan has gained zero from working with AEW. Ah, I mean, we just had Danielson at fucking Wrestle Kingdom. Sure, but they didn't talk about it at all because the Continental Classic was happening on Dynamite. And oh, did Collision. they not? Maybe yeah, it no. was maybe in a passing, but it's like, and they had their own pay-per-view to promote on the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole entirely... Uh, yeah, that we could do uh, a whole that's a, that's a whole episode of Break Club. The pros uh, and cons. No DQ match. Uh, Shingo Moxley... Yeah, like this is a dream match for lots of people. Of course, they had that one match in the G1, but two very different competitors. That was both men's first G1. Uh, and they ended in a submission, bizarrely, like John Moxley tapping out Shingo Takagi. But Shingo in an ODQ environment is always unusual. He had that uh, match with El Fantasma, like the Halloween show. Yep. Um, I, can't, I think it was a street fight or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, and in, in New York. Yeah, so same concept. Um, really but yeah people will be buzzing for this this is a match that sells tickets to western audience big time this is one of the most popular men in new japan for the western fans and it's the most popular man perhaps in all of american wrestling and john moxley and then it's uh main event time it'll be uh okada and will osprey one final time into the abyss man uh who wins the fans Oh, such a such a warm know. human. I don't being, know man. who wins. I don't know because we're still is Okada's future still uncertain too. I don't think so. I think Tanahashi being president is going to make a lot of difference for a lot of people, and I'm sure Okada it's going, must be close as hell to Tanahashi. And you know, I, I I we haven't heard anything since, and I would say he's sticking. So then Okada, uh, regardless, Okada wins. I think it's... Yeah, I, I wonder if... if we go to a draw because oh. it's not got a title on the line, so it's probably got a 30-minute time limit. Oh, no, it's 1 minute 60. Okay, yeah, they're not going to a draw. Uh, one four sixty. 60, sorry. 
Um, um, you know, I think if you if you follow Will Ospreay on social media, he's beyond grateful for for the opportunity to wrestle in New Japan and the way he's been accepted by the people of New Japan. And I don't think there's no bigger honor than getting another opportunity to share the wing with Okada and 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 have Okada beat him. Yeah, this is probably his last singles match in a New Japan ring too. Um, so it kind of starts. He finishes how he ended. The reason he got into New Japan was because he had that trial match with Okada in the UK. Okada vouched for him, and he gets into New Japan, and he joins Chaos, and he's very much the little brother to Okada's big brother, and they have an amazing relationship. And then you know you have the story of Okada Osprey betraying Okada to become his own man and stuff like that. Um, like both in and out of the ring, the story is there, and yeah, I think Okada probably has to win. You're right. Uh, with Osprey going so out, what's the point? It's, yeah, and Osprey getting the win. But full circle doesn't do anything for Osprey to win. No, it is a, it is a. In terms of winner, it's I suppose it is a, a, probably a foregone conclusion and a bit weird. But it's Osprey Carter. No one's going to be complaining again. Like no. I said, once you start getting into the booking, who should and shouldn't win from a like a logical like a booking standpoint rather than just like who do you want to win style stuff i think yeah you lose some of the, right. the fun of wrestling um but yeah look, this match is obviously going to be incredible we've seen this this is their ninth meeting uh granted some of them was a much different younger willow spray um it's going to be interesting to see in front of a, in, in, in front of an american audience uh you know the, the this is awesome chances will feel this is awesome chance will feel very out of place uh but inevitable. Um, but yeah, this Battle in the Valley card, man, it, it is outrageous. Um, you've got so many big matches, so many big names. This is so much better than what New Japan, the output New Japan have given to these American cards in recent years. Um, partly due to the pandemic, partly not. And if this is what American fans can expect for 2024, then fucking New Japan should do all right, selling, shifting some good tickets, hopefully. You hope so, right? It's uh, it's gonna be good. I, the only annoying thing is, is that I probably won't watch half of the show because I'm definitely not staying up. And then the next morning, I'm gonna be like, well, it's not as fun watching after the matter. I might, I might watch it. We'll see. Ah, it's in your time zone. It is, but my football team—they have a playoff game Saturday night at eight o'clock. So, oh damn, that's a big clash. Saturday it is, is this Saturday, my, isn't it? My wife I mean, will well, be my wife yeah. will be cheering for them to lose because. They played last night, and she was like, "She was." I had people over, and we were watching the game. And then she's like, "She's like, oh, it's a shame this is over because they lost." And I was like, "Oh no, they made the. They were already. They had already made the playoffs two weeks ago." <laughs> I go, "This is not over." She's like, "You got to be fucking kidding me! You're not, home, you're not home next Saturday night anyway. Who cares?" She thought she she thought she got out of it. She, she thought she, like, like, she was like you're gonna be depressed you like, you oh, are fine. you you are your wife's house of torture matt probably <laughs> <laughs> she should have thought about that before she fucking you, signed you up are to you me. are the red narita to her show to room now. i got a much better mustache you do you do what uh let me ask you this as we as we start to wind down what um i didn't see the abushi match at noah but he was like all hurt, right? And then he hurt himself even more. And I saw like the fucking the people in the internet were going nuts about it. I okay. So the story is he went into it injured. He already had a fucked up ankle, and I think he said he had a broken wrist or hand or something like that. He tweeted like days before, like I'm 
broken. <laughs> uh, and then he had, he had, and as the match is clearly not okay, like simple things like uh, he charged Marafuji's in the corner, he charged at Marafuji, and Marafuji ducks to hoist him up and over the rope, like a thing you've seen a million times. Ibushi couldn't get up and over the rope. He couldn't jump and elevate himself enough, along with Marafuji's push to get over the rope. Uh, when he goes to do a moonsault on the outside of the ring, he usually runs and, like, you know, springs up, jumps and everything. He, like, his feet didn't reach the middle rope. His feet were, like, dangling like a cartoon character, and then he had eventually got his feet on and everything. Uh, and then doing a moonsault to the outside, he, like... I can't remember what the exact diagnosis is. I did get the PR release from uh, Noah talking about his uh, his results, but he basically just exploded his other ankle, his good ankle. So now he's ankleless, and he's just—he's fat. Uh, he should—he should have never been in the match. Ibushi, like, deserves. Uh, we we have to be critical of Bushi for being willing to go and do this match and not standing up for himself and saying no, I don't want it. To be critical of Marafuji for letting his opponent go in and do this. You have to be critical for all the people in Noah that saw this man and was like, no, that's cool, come and wrestle. The doctors, right. everyone, everyone is at fault here. There's not a single innocent person that's involved in this match. Um, but at the same time, obviously, we we fucking love Karabushi. Like, I I want what's best for Karabushi. He should not have been doing this. Uh, the match was awful do you know what the match wasn't as bad i saw the match after i'd seen people posting about it so my my expectations so you were, were looked, fucking yeah. at the bottom of the sea gotcha so i didn't think it was as bad but people went into this expecting a dream match people went into this with very high expectations of two of the greatest japanese legends finally meeting one-on-one -on -one. so of course they're gonna think it's the the dog shit whereas i already had my expectations at rock bottom which makes a big difference um but yeah, no, just you just have to fucking hope that Ibushi comes out the other side better. Like, the dude is clearly not okay physically and he hasn't been okay for a while and hopefully he will just fucking stop, take the time off. Right. Uh, but again, we don't know. Like, can can he afford to? Uh, can, can like... We don't know what the deal is. Um, but yeah, it's a match that just should should have never happened and fingers crossed Ibushi is okay. He's on the road to recovery and he, he will be okay. Yeah, I was just uh, curious as to to what what was the haps it's like 33 minutes long as well man like that's another point as well if you knew if you was like okay it doesn't matter that ibushi's a husk of a human being right now we're doing this match why make it go 33 minutes you know i guess the main event but why fucking go that fucking long and i mean it, like he done the kamigoye from the top rope which was really cool it just didn't come off well because he fucking had no ankles it's a really cool idea that i hadn't seen before a really unique version of kamigoye but it just, just didn't come off well. The ideas were there, but they couldn't pull it off. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was curious. You're the guy I didn't get to watch the... I didn't do my usual, I'm going to sign up for Wrestle Universe and watch the show. Uh, it's, the only, it's the only one I watched. I, I, I must say, I'm <laughs> I'm leaning more into All Japan now for the first time in my life than I am Pro Wrestling Noah with Katsuhiko Nakajima. Dude, that, that, you're enjoying this, actually. Do, are you aware of what's happening with Katsuhiko Nakajima in All Japan? No. Okay, so Katsuki Nakajima, of course, was in Noah, left, and he's joined All Japan. He won their top title straight away. Uh, he faces uh, Kento Miyahara, who's, you want to say the Hiroshi Tanahashi of All Japan, but he's probably more popular in All Japan than Tanahashi is the New Japan fans. He is God in okay. All Japan. Uh, of course, All Japan, created by Giant Barber. New Japan, created by Antonio Inoki. Yeah. Uh, Katsuki Nakajima shaves his head 
comes out to Antonio Inoki's Bombay Inoki, Bombay Inoki. And he comes out with the original creator of that song next to him. He so he walks out to an all Japan ring representing Antonio Inoki, basically, to face their god in an all Japan ring. And he beats him. And then he dons the Inoki red towel after. Oh wow, really? It's fucking incredible. That's you, ballsy. It, it, it is so fucking cool. And then he's like posing with the Triple Crown Championship and the red towel next to Inoki's memorial statue at the graveyard. And he's saying stuff like, I am fighting spirit. I am the I represent Inoki's fighting spirit and stuff like that. He's fucking and you gotta think of when respect and stuff like that is such a big part of Japanese culture. Right. What he is doing right now. It's pissing off everyone. Yeah. If you're an New Japan fan, why the fuck is this guy think he represents Inoki? If you're an New Japan fan, why the fuck is this guy doing this in an New Japan ring? This is Giant right. Bubba's home. It's fucking genius. Like Nakajima yeah. is off to the fucking races as being the hottest heel in Japan. He's off for a, if he if he has a great title reign, which there's no reason he won't. He could be wrestler of the year contention easy. Do they have a streaming service? Uh, they do. They have their own. I wish I could tell you what it was. Um, but like as well, of course, the talk the talk I know among uh, Western fans was that Charlie Dempsey from NXT, William Regal's kid, went that, over yes. towards Japan to face Katsuhiko Nakajima. Um, and I was like really intrigued, like why are they sending this guy over and stuff? And of course, Charlie Dempsey was a young lion in New Japan. He appeared at ringside like two or three times and then we never saw him again. Uh, another quick little scoop. I was told he was in the dojo for a long time, but he was, got, he was incredibly unlucky with injuries, Charlie Dempsey, whilst he was in Japan. Okay which is why we never saw him in the ring. You didn't see him at ringside much on why he up and left Japan because he was just fucking unlucky as hell with his injuries. But this match, Matt, against Nakajima, it was like 80% Charlie Dempsey. And he was incredible. I couldn't believe this guy was a WWE guy like from NXT. He looked like he'd been in Japan for so many years. He'd done stuff I'd never seen before. The, The Coracle and crowd were cheering for him. This white guy from WWE, they'd probably seen wrestle twice before in preview tag matches. It, it was phenomenal. And again, this whole Nakajima Inoki thing, if this is by design, what were, what the New Japan WWE partnership once upon a time, Inoki would defeat all the invading foreigners. Right. You send over a WWE guy, I'm stronger than them. New Japan's the best. I'm going to beat them. If Nakajima is doing this, follow, is following, is taking the Inoki homage to that level and that he's beating invading WWE talent, it's fucking genius. I dig it. I'm going to have to search some of this out. Is it easy to find? Uh, do I have to know, sure I have I to know people? No, I'm sure I can help you if not. I but they do, have their own, they, they do have their own streamer service, All Japan, for sure. But yeah, the, the whole Katsuki Kanakajima has been incredible for, for many, many years. But just the, the character, betting on himself and leaving Pro Wrestling Noah, shooting to the top of All Japan and doing this whole Inoki thing is fucking like some of the best. It's, it's, it's probably the best thing going on in wrestling right now, Katsuki Kanakajima. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to find it out. If you're looking for the best in pro wrestling when it comes to news information and talk about the world of Japanese pro wrestling, you want to go over and uh, check out wrestling at WrestleIWN on the Twitter machine. Kieran and company are pumping out content uh, on the regular. And if you don't sign up to your Patreon, you're a goofball. All right. I get at least an email, maybe two a week early access he talked about it before he had he did the elp hikaleo thing i know he had walker stewart on uh they're they're doing all sorts of great things over at wrestling so if, if you're a little tired of 
of listening to the Western fans bicker about WWE and AEW and ratings and all the other bullshit, uh, and you're a fan of this podcast, you should probably venture over to WrestleIn, uh, at WrestleIN, uh, where Kieran Company do an unbelievable job opening up your mind to the world of professional wrestling in the uh, Far East. I, I I have nothing left to say. Thank you. You can just put, <laughs> you can just put the I check just, in the mail, Kieran. I, I'll, I'll just rec- in the mail. I, I'll record that and I'll use it to advertise myself in the future. Please do so. Use it. I got to put you over, brother. Come on. You got to put over Wizards Podcast because, like we said at the top, man, that fucking uh, that interview with Ortiz, Jesus. Wow, we have such a good time. I do the Shining Wizards podcast every Monday night at Wizards Podcast on all forms of social media. Uh, if you can't listen live, you can check us out wherever you get your podcast. Our YouTube channel is a lot of fun. We have full episodes. We have interview clips. We have segments. We have uh, short clips up there. A couple weeks ago, they did the worst finishers in all of professional wrestling, which is a great conversation. And then the Ortiz interview, you know, there was a lot of great stuff that got picked up, though. There's also like ridiculous conversations. We talked about foot jobs. We talked about if uh, I would touch penises with Bret Hart to save the world, which I said I wouldn't. Would you? Unless, I said I wouldn't unless I got to use the moniker the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be and like it got erased from like someone had to go to the wwe network and erase it every time bret hart said it like i owned it now (laughs) i owned it not the bret the hitman hart me so ridiculous conversations like that with ortiz also happened uh because we just don't want to bore you with uh wrestling talk (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ the one and only wizards podcast we like to have a good time what can i say we are fun uh, and respectful, um, and we can get some information out of you, but we're not chasing headlines and we're not looking to fucking ruin somebody's day. We just like to have a good time and talk wrestling. So there, check us out. Check out me, uh, check out Kieran and then Fightful overbooked. You know, they stopped putting the, um, this show in their podcast feed. Uh, that's fine. We, we, I prefer the YouTube feed anyway. All right. I don't know. That's just something, you know. Something I found out the other day. I don't know. <laughs> Tony was like, why isn't I'm like, Tony, I don't know. I don't talk to anyone from Fightful. Yeah. I we, send we an get email. On. I send an email and that's it. We get on, we chat some shit, we get out. That's it. That's it. It's the easiest thing in the world. But uh we are over at Fightful Overbook, FightfulOverbook.com, Fightful.com. Uh it is one of the only places where you should be getting your wrestling news from. Um outside of uh wrestling and fightful and maybe if you like dave Meltzer, you can go there uh, and, and pw insider outside of that there's really not a, a lot of good we got picked that ortiz interview got picked up by some fucking some weird fucking website my <laughs> friend <laughs> the the ghoul started grabbing i'll take it though um we'll probably be back in a couple weeks i don't know if we're doing every two weeks um i think we have uh we do better when there's more content for us to talk about instead of just filibustering so uh make sure you're subscribed to fightful overbook you're following kieran at kieran rh 93 on social media you're following at wizards podcast and we'll keep you updated on when the next bread club is coming at your face it'll be somewhere in the new beginning uh situation maybe right for kieran maybe we'll have a birthday celebration for kieran maybe i'll wear a little birthday hat for you (laughs) bread club it will be back and it will be delicioso i'll be getting special bread for your birthday 
hope I don't get special bread for my birthday. No, I'll, I hope I'll, I get something. I'll bring. Oh, I'll you'll bring, get special bread. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring okay. special bread and I'll eat while we celebrate your birthday and talk no about the first cage match in New Japan in 20 years. Yeah. Let's go. Break club, baby. New beginning. Let's go. Bye bye, Osprey. Oh, are you going to be like fucking emo when we have this to do this next yeah, show? Yeah. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be wearing my My Chemical Romance t shirt. I don't have my Chemical Romance t shirt. I feel like I should clarify. Get it. Get, put it on your Amazon wish list. Share it with your followers. <laughs> Somebody send Kieran uh, uh, my Chemical Romance t-shirt and maybe some black uh, uh, mascara that he could put around his eyes. Nope. Oh, man, we'll all dress in black for the next episode. <laughs> I mean, we are. Aren't you in a black shirt? I'm in a black top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we could go like all like a suit. Like we're going to a funeral. No, 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 definitely. I get get hot and sweaty sitting here just like this, let alone in a suit. I have that effect on people. You do. All right, we'll be back in a couple couple times. I don't know. Fucking, we'll figure it out. You just keep checking and you'll see the, the, the tweet when Kieran puts it out. I look pretty good here. What's the, uh, do I need to change my shirt in this picture? Oh, man. Makes me sad. It makes me sad to look at it. 